0: So we're gonna be calling Shannon High. Downey, oh this
1: is your team. Please miss. We miss you, Downing. Please. Please <laughs> Downing. My name is Shannon High, and I'm ready to be your Hi. junior class president. It's the Shannon Show, everyone. Welcome back. Another episode. This week I have a man that is not my tech guy. It is Max Guo You're on the podcast. How are you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing good. It's uh it's great to be here. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much, Shannon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm, you know, very happy to have you on the show, Max. This is an uh, absolute pleasure. You're a wise guy. Very, very important oh, thank person. You, thank you. Yes, uh, this is, I think a lot of people want to enjoy this, uh, gain some wisdom from Max and what he's accomplished over his uh, young life so far, what he has ahead of him as well. But, um, yeah, let's get down to the nitty gritty about you. What do you say? We got a go. star journalist from Kubasaki High School, oh. moves on to Penn State, now writing for that newspaper, Daily Collegian. Uh, what, what makes good journalism, Max? What makes good
0: journalism? Yeah. That's that might be a little bit of a tough question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I say probably just hitting your deadlines is just always being there. You know, you got yeah. a lot of responsibility no matter what level of I guess journalisming you're doing. Like mm-hmm. if you're part of the team, you're part of the team. You're gonna have things you got to do, just basic stuff, and uh you just got to be there. You know, people are gonna rely on you.
1: How did you get involved in that? Because I mean this this was your freshman year. You hopped in right away. It seemed like.
0: Well, yeah. So, um, the daily collegiate, they're pretty good in, you know, getting themselves out there. I mean, they are a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think how I originally got into it was, um, a newsletter went out and it hit my inbox and it was like, Hey, the, uh, the school newspaper here, they're looking for, uh, you know, people to go in their application period starting. Yeah. And like, I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's something I, I think I want to do because, you know, I did one semester of journalism in high school, I didn't continue just because, you know, could be journalism, yeah. at least newspaper journalism was not, you know, super supported. And I, <laughs> you know, while in high school, like when I was doing it, um, it turned out to be something I really liked, like even on, I think the hardest days of journalism, at least the class uh, working newspaper with all this stress, I was still, you know, at the end of the day enjoying it. Yeah. So, and I don't think there's a lot of things in life that uh, at least for me that are like that. So that's great. Yes. But, you know, the problem in high school was like, yeah, I got a little taste of it, but, you know, I, we, I couldn't really move on, you know, because we have all mm-hmm. these limitation restrictions. So when I got out of high school, went to college, I got, saw this newsletter and like, hey, I should really try this out because the Daily Collegian, they're, you know, much larger scale. They yeah. actually print. They have a newspaper. They have like a multimedia team. They got a whole like, you know, Rolodex of people on their team. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to apply. Um, so I applied, you know, submitted everything. And, uh, yeah, I got into their candidate program, and that was basically my last semester, just working with them as yeah. a candidate.
1: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Is it fair to say that this journalism impression on you is largely due to Mr. West? <laughs>
0: he, definitely, <laughs> he
1: definitely played a,
0: a huge role. I mean, you need – we couldn't – be you know the journalism class of only six people without a teacher so he he did teach me a lot um he also kind of taught me that like you know if if he was the teacher and i was enjoying it then like this is something really like close to me right
1: that's fair that's a very nice way but yeah
0: I, i gotta thank him uh for what he's done what he's taught
1: um yeah yeah Fun guy, we'll say that. Uh, hope, hope he's him. doing well. Seriously, yeah, I hope he's great. Hope he's good. Uh, now you guys might be wondering, Max, uh, with working with the newspaper up at Penn State, he certainly must have written an article by now about the best dorm room podcast on campus, The Shannon Show. But that is not the case, which you know, it really isn't that big of a deal. I'm not that broken-hearted, Max. But I was doing some research for the show, and I mean, you had some really well-done articles. I mean, this looked like some professional-grade stuff, Thank and I came, aclo- I came across an uh, article that was not only not promoting the pod, but was promoting another small content creator. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. We'll see, like, well, what is this guy doing that I'm, that I'm not, per se? And uh, sure enough, it's this t-shirt business called Very Good Shirts. Does it sound yes. familiar? Yes. yes. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's take a look. So I pop open the article, look at the picture. And if you're watching on the YouTube, I'll put up a picture right now of uh, their shirt design. Otherwise, I'll try my best to describe it for you guys. It is a, uh, I think it's a crew neck sweatshirt. That is, it has what it looks like a fish bowl that is has some water on the inside, but the water is not within the confines of the bowl entirely. It's kind of like spilling out of this uh, this bowl surface with a uh, goldfish on the inside that looks seriously ill.
0: It's uh, the style, not, man.
1: I'm not a fashion expert, Max, but what the hell? No, no, no. <laughs>
0: so. They well, they're a student <laughs> run business, Shannon. It's a bit different. Um sure. they have a lot of people, Please. they're connected to Penn State. And mm-hmm. we just thought at the news team at the time, this was you know a couple of weeks ago, but we thought, you know, it was really interesting to kind of dive yeah. in and see what it was like to be a Penn State student, but also run a business. And what's cool specifically about these guys is that they're 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 top the top three guys who do this, they're all freshmen. So they just came out of high school. Yeah. And I think it's I thought we thought it was really cool that. You know, they came to the college and immediately they're starting this business and continuing it. So Mm -hmm. we thought it was pretty newsworthy. So we went in and we took
1: a look and yeah, that's that's why I wrote it. Well, I mean, it was well done. Great job on your part. uh, Thank you. Thank you. But I could have drawn that on MS Paint in about four seconds. I don't even know the guy. I'm talking bad about him. I'm sure he's doing very successful things, whatever. I'm over it. I'm over it, Max. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. There's always next semester, bigger and better. Yeah, next
0: probably. semester, I'm sure this show will take off. Like,
1: oh, you know, you're gonna be regretting. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm too big for the collegian. <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. no. You, you're gonna grow, and I'm gonna pitch it to uh, my staff and be like, "Hey, we got to write a story about this guy," and then it's it's all up from there. Like, I
1: I totally see. I can you're see. You're gonna it. have
0: an office downtown. You're gonna have like all <laughs> this publicity. People walking in all the time. I have a
1: team. I have a tech guy. I have a tech guy finally. Yeah.
0: Anyway.
1: <laughs> is there anything in particular that you like most about writing for the paper? Is it like the process or the team? What is it for you?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I'd say kind of like a combination of things. Uh, one is that I really like writing um, like all kinds of writing. Yeah. Um, so, but like journalistic writing is kind of unique and you don't really get to like, I. it's a bit weird to just like do it on your own and practice without actually like working for a newspaper or something like mm-hmm. that. So, and I haven't, I've been kind of chasing that feeling. Cause I, you know, I haven't been able to do that since high school. And so that's really cool. Um, another thing that I like is I say probably just like the interaction. Um, I yeah. started doing like, I, I did a bit of interviewing in high school, but it was, you know, limited. Um, I did some at far East journalism, but like when I got here for the collegian, I did like actual interviewing. Like I went out and I, I talked to people face to face. I zoomed them. Uh, I got to actually, you know, strengthen my skills asking good questions and write all of it down and basically take their words and form it into a paper so yeah i, I kind of like that stuff so that's fantastic
1: on. whenever you're going out to interview someone i kind of imagine do you remember dave ornauer from stars and stripes in okinawa oh yeah dave yes. do you, is that your do you have a similar get up do you have like the utility belt and the vest like what's your what's your reporting what what gear nah, do you have? daily bit, carry i'm a bit more <laughs>
0: low-key you know I, I dress like any other college student you know private um, investigator Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> maybe in the future, uh, I might get a little more enthusiastic and, you know, get the utility belt and the, you know, like the, the four notepads <laughs> stuffed into your vest. But um, no, no, this last semester, I was just pretty low key. You know, did just me and my iPhone, just like recording what they say. But yeah. yeah.
1: I tried to get Dave on the pod, actually. I sent him a, I sent him an email and nothing back. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that would have been an absolute catch right there. That would have been amazing. Yeah, maybe we'll try him again sometime. He was, I don't know. He made me feel cool. I see a picture of myself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a big deal. Stars and stripes. That's my favorite. Uh, so Penn State, pretty big yes. deal. I, we didn't even know that we were each, both going to the school at first. No, I didn't. did not. I don't think because you weren't on campus for the first semester, right?
0: I was not. I was
1: remote. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on. And then you sent me a DM, told me, told me you were there. And I was like, that's fantastic. Love Max. Max is the best. <laughs> yeah. What was your college application process like for you?
0: Hmm. Well, Penn State was not my first choice and that's not a bad thing, but Mm -hmm. so I kind of went into the whole college deal. Um, I really wanted to go to the Naval Academy, uh, kind of like what Alex Sabre is doing,
1: which is
0: great. I love that guy. Friend of the pod. uh, Yeah. Friend of the pod. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that was my main, that was my top pick. So I felt like most of my application process, all the energy was going towards that Mm because, You know their application I'm, I'm sure you might know a bit uh, i don't know if alex talked about it but the application yeah. process it's it's not similar to like regular schools it's pretty yeah. demanding there's a lot of moving pieces i know i started my application in like april and i didn't get word back until next april so it was an entire year of just you know working for it um so yeah uh, on top of that of course you have to have fallback plans so penn state yeah. was my was my plan too but did not get into Naval Academy uh I wanted to do naval ROTC at Penn State and I picked Penn State specifically because their their battalion here is um one of the yeah. largest in the schools and just really high quality education so yeah that was my fallback plan um so I got the word that I didn't get into the Naval Academy and I'm like that's okay uh, that's all right I have my fallback plan so I went to Penn State um quite honestly I didn't know too much about the school before applying to it and now that I was going to it it felt a little bit weird because you know yeah Uh, My family's not from Pennsylvania. I've never really been in Pennsylvania,
1: so it's a little (laughs) bit scary. Middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, too. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's a little bit scary. But, um, you know, I got there, and I kind of just, you know, started feeling stuff, doing my courses, um, going through with the battalion, which is kind of like the main reason why I even picked the school. And I I really felt like, uh, you know, I was kind of home. Like, it really fit me well, I think. And yeah, so I feel like all the hard work I put into applying, even though I didn't get into my first pick. Uh, it really paid off because I enjoyed my time there, and I'm happy now. So,
1: yeah, it sounds great. I mean, just from what you told me about your ROTC experience thus far, it sounds sounds great. I mean, even the whole Kit Kat guy on the oh the yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty wild when you stuff a bunch of uh, ROTC guys
1: into the first three floors of a dorm. Yeah, yeah, we start, we start doing stuff. Sounds like a lot of fun. I met some of the friends you made, and you know, oh, yeah. great people. Uh, shout, shout out nick i mean justin ah uh, yeah I we're this, <laughs> great guy great guy <laughs> I, class. I still said he said he'd get merch if i made a baseball cap i have to get that get that done yeah for. you gotta roll that out he was really enthusiastic i'm working on it man that. i'm working on it. he's <laughs> a, friend, a friend of the pod i don't know i don't know what what made you want to do naval rotc was there any what was the driving force behind that your motivation
0: well i guess the main reason it's not really rotc specifically it's mm-hmm. just like the navy in general so mm-hmm. i am a military kid um well yeah. I, it, it kind of started from the beginning uh when i was a kid we immigrated from china to america mm-hmm. and my mother uh she kind of just like worked a bunch of like odd jobs when we first got here and then one day she got a call from recruiters like hey do you know like you can join the navy and do all these things and she was like yeah i'm gonna do it so she enlisted And it kind of just changed our lives, basically. Uh, At first, you don't really feel it because, you know, she's off at boot camp. And I still remember, like, visiting her at graduation. And eventually, she got stationed in Virginia. And then she got stationed overseas in Yokosuka. And that's when we all moved to Japan. So, yeah. So, like, through that whole experience, uh, I I didn't really see it at first. But I realized that she made a lot of sacrifices for uh, myself and my brother. Um, When she first enlisted, I was four. I was four years old. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I noticed that I really came to terms with like, she made a lot of sacrifices for us, gave us a lot of opportunity. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I always felt like, I always like kind of look back in hindsight, like what, what if we didn't, you know, our family wasn't connected to the military. Like, where would I be now? Would I still mm-hmm. be in like New York or something? What would I be doing with my life? And I, I just can't really mm-hmm. imagine it. And in a way I felt like in a debt to my country almost because you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I did immigrate. I'm, I'm not from America. And I felt like just moving here alone gave me and my family so much opportunity and being in that military child lifestyle where the military is basically in the center of your life. I felt like I I owed something and I felt, you know, the military was kind of like my calling. Um, so yeah, that really motivated me to, you know, get through high school, get all these good grades, um, and serve basically, um, through the Academy or through ROTC, the the end goal is basically
1: the same. Um, so yeah it's hella inspiring man come on that's that's <laughs> awesome yeah. like what a story and that I don't, it makes a lot of sense too like i just it, and you seem really dedicated to it so that's just that's fantastic i'm glad you're doing something that you love doing and i, I haven't even mentioned this yes His, history major what why why that uh history well, <laughs> whoa what, what's that reaction for? no it's just bread and butter yeah it is my bread and
0: butter <laughs> what am i doing anyways yeah history uh, i've always loved history i've always always yeah. loved history through elo- like i think even before elementary school i just thought it was it was fantastic um oh actually i got something so nice w- when i was a kid um my parents got me a book and i i just have it here it's pretty good condition. Wow. it's this american history book right looks brand new yeah it, yeah i kept it very well kept but anyways they gifted me this, my, my, I think my parents. Um, and I read this thing, like whole thing, like every single page, like front to back. And I just enjoy it. I, I saw history, American history though, as like this great story. And what makes yeah. it even better is that like, it's not just like a story, like these things actually happen. So I was kind of captivated kind of in the way uh-huh. of how, like you read like a, like a fairy tale or something or, or a good sure. book, like you just really immerse in that story. And that was me with American history, and I, I just love this book so much. I just read it all the time, and when I got to school, I just I started studying it, and I really liked it from the academic standpoint. Then we get to high school, and I'm taking um, AP U.S. History. It's probably, I would probably say that's my favorite course in uh, in Kubi of all time, probably.
1: Um, <laughs> with Miss uh... Herrera?
0: <laughs> so I was going to get to that. Um, Please go so... ahead, Adam. It's one of those things where like, it doesn't even matter what the class is like. It's not, Yeah. it doesn't matter what the teacher's like, what the workload is like. I just felt, you know, good. I just felt yeah. happy doing it. I felt really like genuinely interested to the point where like the teacher could be terrible or like we could just get so much work and I, I I'd still be fine with it because this is something I'm passionate mm-hmm. about. So yeah. So when, you know, get to college and you're deciding what to major in, um, I actually had like a bit of a dilemma because uh, at the time I I didn't have a, uh, the national scholarship for ROTC and I was still applying and how the Navy looks at it is they give, uh, they're more interested in like STEM majors because, you know, highly Mm -hmm. technical branch, I guess. And, you know, moving to the future, we're just going to need more and more STEM people. So um, they actually like say on their website that um, you, you have like a significant, like less of a chance of getting awarded a scholarship if you're Mm -hmm. not one of these STEM majors, like, I think the figure is, like, only 15% of Tier 3, which which are people who are non-STEM, uh, only 15% of them get awarded the uh, scholarship each year out of everyone who does. And I was kind of thinking about, like, hey, you know, it might be in my best interest if I actually did pick, like, a STEM major just so I could, you know, get the scholarship and yeah. just, you know, be better off. But I made the decision because I – I know that I like history. And I also know that I'm not a great science person. I'm not a great math person. Mm -hmm. And I thought it over and I was like, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth the grinding four years for a major that you're not interested in just so you could get like this scholarship with the Navy. So I chose history because I knew even, even without the benefits of the scholarship, I would at least be happy. I would at least be, you know, good. I would be feeling good about what I'm studying. And it ended up working out for me because I, I I did submit that application and I wrote tier three on it history and mm-hmm. I ended up getting it so that's like the best possible scenario in my book
1: so that's fantastic
0: yeah so now I'm allowed to do what I want with the navy but I'm also allowed to study what I want so that's
1: what's that's important good. wow man that is like it's so rational like it seems so simple whenever you say it but like there is like really strong confliction like picking yeah. what you want to do and what you think will be on it like best I don't to someone else's standards i don't know yeah, it's a yeah. uh, it can be difficult for sure and i love the way you like talked about getting interested interest in history and the american story that's you know that, good job max that's good <laughs> stuff right there yeah um so what, what 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 exactly is next for you going into the navy and his i'm not sure how much going will be involved going in the navy moving forward but what's like the dream life for you five years from now what what does max want to do ultimately
0: five years from now um that's good so obviously i, I like the commission with penn state probably um yeah go through completely all four years hopefully i, I have a great time and mm-hmm. i'll be hitting the fleet in five years um out of all the so we get to pick like our um service what's the word basically like the field the community we go into after we uh, commission and we actually don't have a lot of options as far as yeah. rotc goes but um Something that really interested me was uh, surface warfare. So basically that's like working on ships. um, And that could go from anywhere to, you know, working the bridge, working in the, in the, in the combat center or working in like, you know, things like damage control and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I felt really, I gravitated towards that because my mom, um, she was not a SWO, a surface warfare officer, but she worked a lot of her time on ships. So she was constantly deployed. Uh, She was on aircraft carriers and, Um. Yeah. So that kind of lifestyle, kind of a little bit, inspired me, and I was able to kind of like talk to her for you know just like stories and experience, and I thought it was something really cool. So yeah, out of all the communities we can commission into right now, I think SWO is the most interesting thing for me. But the thing about uh, naval ROTC is that like these four years, like you don't have to make this decision like now. Like I, Mm -hmm. I don't have to put my list and be like sign a contract or something. Like yeah, when when you commission, you'll be this. These four years are for you to kind of like you know learn and experience and get out there like that's kind of what our training's for like they send us out and we kind of like look at all these communities so we like we can look at aviation we can look at marine corps Mm -hmm. we can look at submarines so maybe by the end of my four years my mind might change and i'll go for something but as of now um i'm pretty set towards a SWO Um, beyond that i don't know how long i want to stay in the navy um i think i kind of have to like actually be in it to make that decision but i've always wanted to you know actually use my major and do something with it so i've always imagined myself uh, after i get out of the navy whenever um to be teaching uh teaching history and maybe even dots yeah, yeah do dea, that's what i'm talking about maybe maybe i'll go i'll go back to kubi and uh, <laughs> uh i'll teach i'll teach uh, in where miss herrera once stood uh
1: i'll be there so that'd yeah. be awesome man yeah,
0: yeah but that's basically
1: those... yeah some of those teachers could be replaced no no i'm not calling anyone out but i mean we we could have some upgrades in the history department max would be fantastic uh dude that's awesome and i'm spending the four years at penn state i mean from what i know about you you're enjoying it so far and most importantly i realized something i learned about you is you are a fantastic strip volleyball player i mean just like (laughs) the pinnacle Uh, we don't have to get into it you would uh, nah.
0: I, it was, it was fantastic it, it was fun um and yeah. billiards and billiards yeah i'm very i'm very good at billiards uh i'm sure cammy still has the pictures where uh i got really friendly with the table and uh
1: I got yeah a is, that, is that a legal move i'm not sure um pretty competitive it, it's
0: legal where i come from um <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a regional thing i think maybe but uh yeah it's a,
1: a, it's a type of style of play, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's a unique style of play. It can be really intense whenever you're really bad at the game. It's <laughs> because like, you're just the thrill of actually making contact with one of the balls or getting one in the hole is just it's exhilarating. Yeah,
0: you get into it. You in get immersed.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were just walking by Old Main one day uh, after after game billiards and these uh, girls few guys i think we ended up knowing one of them or at least you did yeah
0: one of them turned out to be uh my roommate's good friend which is kind of crazy yeah. um just random chance that he was there so
1: mm-hmm. yeah and uh played some volleyball with them which included losing some articles of clothing it wasn't it wasn't that crazy it, i'm not all, gonna make it, it seem like it was good. more than it was yeah it's, <laughs> it was it was, it was, it was our wellness day
0: it was our wellness day that it day was for ourselves so we were well
1: yes yeah We were well. Max was really well. I mean, I I did accidentally hit you with... uh...
0: Uh, That that is true. Shannon, let me tell you right now. Let me tell the pod right now. Shannon, you do not want to get him into any kind of competitive kind of sport where he can hurt (laughs) other people because he gets really into the game no matter what it is. It could be something so, you know, less as strip volleyball, and and he'll get really attached, and he's he's pushing for that win 24-7. And if you get in his way, uh, you're going down, so...
1: I'm a nice guy, guys. <laughs> it seem way worse than it was. There wasn't even a net, too. I do get competitive, but yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. Man. It was a good time. And the, yeah. actually, I think the first time we hung out, we went with uh, Cammy. I guess we give Cammy a shout out. Her and her fish. And I think oh, her, yeah. She said her mom watches the pod or listens. Not sure. Oh yeah, she said Cammy's mom.
0: Her, her mom's a big fan of what you do. So yeah, uh, I shout her out.
1: I appreciate any any uh any attention from the the fans i, I don't very strange uh Kemi's very nice though we went to chipotle or something like that and had yeah, a little fundraiser fundraiser oh, yeah. going on which i forgot to raise funds for
0: yeah i mean if
1: unfortunately that's like the yeah, main you know how stupid win. that is wait a second wait a second wait a second i don't know i don't know what that particular fundraiser was actually for i think I'm not sure if you know either. I don't think it matters. Whatever. I'm saying if it's for something like really important, though, like starving children or like medical research or something like that, they should have to ask me. They should assume my morals are enough that I would put my money towards that if it's not any increase in what I'm already paying. I don't think there should even be a question. I shouldn't even have to say that. It should be assumed that we are all good people. And uh, they should just press the donate button. I don't. I don't see what the big deal is. Also, if you're the employee pressing skip on that all day long, do you know how many children they aren't feeding by assuming they were horrible well,
0: people? Max, they can't just take thirty three percent of your money that you <laughs> give them without your permission. And I, I get the argument if it was for something like so much more dramatic, like starving children. Yeah, maybe yes. they should. But but this was yes. for like. Uh, like women for PSU or something. So, whoa,
1: whoa, I'm is not women gonna... not as important as starving? No, children? no, 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 whoa, no, no. I'm just whoa. saying that
0: it's an org, it's an org. It's like this is
1: a pro women podcast, it's
0: a Penn State <laughs> org. They can't just like take money because it's so dire. You got to be there and show them the thing, like, hey, I'm here for the fundraiser, which you failed to do. So yeah, I, I don't understand
1: it If it's a fundraiser night, it should just be assumed that we're all there in good spirits for the fundraiser, whatever. Chipotle, I have a lot of issues with Chipotle. Everyone. It's, it's. I don't like they. We 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 let them off the hook with the whole Ebola thing and the lettuce a couple of years back. We just we did, no one talks about that anymore. How do you even get a bowl in lettuce? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was like, oh, but it's Chipotle. Okay, and they, they say they have this healthy food that it's wonderful for you, but whenever I walk in there and I see 10-year-olds with six-inch diameter burritos going down their road, <laughs> oh, I, I can't it's... buy that it's healthy. I'm serious. It's
0: like, this big, bro. Uh,
1: yeah, the, the portions are a bit of a
0: problem, but um, I mean, it's okay. If you it's...
1: eat enough of any healthy food, it becomes unhealthy at some point. The portions are ridiculous. Yeah, they cannot they be healthy at that
0: point. You can't go there more than, like,
1: once a week, I think, <laughs> but yeah. yeah the size of those burritos it should not be fit for human consumption uh let's talk about military kids best military kids podcast on the internet and max military oh, kit, yeah. as you already mentioned oh yeah uh, you already mentioned the places you lived. which which move do you think was most difficult for you
0: probably the first move from mm. new york to yakoska because it's well i've life. i've never stepped out of the country except for china since then i i I knew like nothing about japan um yeah yeah and it was just that was when it like you know kind of first hit me like it that's when i really had to you know say goodbye to all my friends i know we had like a a a bit basically a party for my uh, fourth grade class when i left and it was just it just astonished me because what they had done was not only did they have a party but like afterwards every single person in the class like wrote a bunch of letters or like made art or whatever mm-hmm. and including the teacher and they sent it to my mom. And now I have this, I still have it, this huge Ziploc bag, just full of all these like colorful little letters from all my friends back from uh, yeah. New York. So yeah, that it was tough. It was really tough. I think um, just to do that for the first time and mm-hmm. move halfway across the world. Um, so yeah, when I actually got to Japan, I, I was actually in pretty capable hands because it just so happens that um my mom and my dad they're trilingual and Japanese is one of those languages. Yeah. Oh wow, so, that's convenient. Yeah. yeah. Um because yeah, so yeah, so we, we kind of fit in pretty well. Um yeah. I was able to make friends and but yeah, it was it was hard saying goodbye. Mm-hmm.
1: Fourth graders are so nice, man. I don't know what happens. I don't know kids get mean like 7th, 8th grade. Yeah, they turn into I don't know. Middle school. I don't know what's they, in the they air. They put something in, in the water, days. I think. <laughs> it's, what are we doing i don't understand how kids can go from so sweet to like thank god he's gone (laughs) so mean i swear if there's any younger kids get it get it together uh do you think the military kid lifestyle has like changed you as a whole i mean a lot of times you hear like more adaptable would you agree with that
0: yeah i think i do um like especially like going to college and meeting all these people from PA who've basically yeah. been nowhere except PA. Like they have like a home, like a mm. home, like one home where like military kids, like people ask you, like, where are you from? And you kind of oh, get forget a little about bit it. like, yeah, forget about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Cam Foster, <laughs> but, anyway, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely toughened me a bit. I think it's strengthened me a bit to be yeah. more adaptable and ready for anything really. Cause you know, back then when I was moving around, it was really just like, Hey, you know, tomorrow we're moving and you can, you can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So you got like, to like, kind of come to terms with that extremely fast and move. So yeah, I, mean, I, I think in the, in the future, it, it, it would have, this lifestyle would have definitely, you know, helped me out here. Mm-hmm.
1: So Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's just kind of like just being ready for anything almost. I think that's, yeah. that's part of it is you just, it can happen so fast. So that's probably my personal biggest takeaway as well. Right on board with you. Uh, and we met in Okinawa. Uh, I, don't know, I loved it there. What, what was your, some, from your, some of your favorite things about living in Okinawa, Japan?
0: I mean, honestly, I, I know when I first moved to Okinawa... All of it just made me miss Mainland because I was coming from oh, Mainland. really? That was the move. Yeah. yeah. So I remember I, I stepped out of the, the plane or whatever, and I got instantly hit, hit by, like, humidity. And I, I basically started oh. boiling alive um, <laughs> right there in the airport. And, yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I just felt like I had a greater connection with mainland just because it's it's so streamlined there. But Okinawa itself, mm-hmm. it, it's not all bad. I mean, I, I still really enjoyed the weather was fine once you got used to it. Um it's mm-hmm. beautiful there, the the beaches, the shoreline. Yeah. It was just great. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think just kind of like Japanese society and just culture is something really nice to just get lost mm-hmm. in. Like you go off base and you know, do whatever you like and it's you know, real safe and you can Kind of just exploring, I really yeah. like that. So,
1: what other differences are there from living in mainland Japan versus Okinawa? Because you did them back to back, so they must have been pretty glaring.
0: Yeah, so, uh, a big thing Okinawa doesn't have metro or trains just because right underneath we all have like caves and stuff. So, if you build <laughs> like if you build subways, like the entire island would collapse. But, uh, yeah, mainland, their they're, they're subway, their metro lines are very impressive, like top notch state are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um w- what I really like about it, like, aside from just technology, I guess, is how easy it is to use. Like, you don't – you definitely don't need to, like, know Japanese to use it. Like,
1: yeah. you,
0: you just, you know, pay a fee basically, get in and, you know, get on the train, and you can go anywhere you want. It's – I feel like it's – there's this freedom so they cool. give you, yeah. which is awesome. Um, and I know, like, I moved, bef- I moved before high school, but I know all my friends who stayed for high school, they always, like – they wouldn't, you know – the the naval base in Yokosuka, like right outside the uh, the main gate, is basically the Yokosuka train station, so mm-hmm. they could take that and go to Yokohama or whatever, or even get up to Tokyo. So yeah. you have a lot of freedom um, at very little cost. So that's fantastic. I think uh, I definitely missed the train
1: line. Could um, you imagine something like that in the states, man? I mean, I know we're talking about a lot more lands, but just taking like a, I know there's like trains and stuff, and something as fast as some of those subways or anything. I don't know. It would be pretty cool to travel that conveniently.
0: Yeah, it would.
1: And yeah, Okinawa as well. You are talking about the humidity when you step off the plane. There's no feeling like arriving <laughs> at the Naha airport and just taking that first step and going, like you only get like 20% of the air you were expecting and it's just like, yeah. it's you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just blazing. It in was an glass experience. Tunnel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, good, good memories. Mm-hmm. Did you, is there anywhere else that you've traveled to while, maybe while living in Asia that was Uh, extremely impactful on you or anything like that?
0: Mm, Probably just going back to China. Like I've Mm -hmm. um, haven't done it too recently, but I know when I was a kid, I would go back a lot because a lot of my extended family are there. Um, So I know the, the thing was when I was a kid was I I basically spend a good deal of my summers when I'm out of school um, in Shanghai with my aunt and uncle. So uh, it's definitely impacted me because I felt like especially moving to America and like you know getting all caught up in the military lifestyle moving around so yeah. frequently you kind of forget like where you come from uh, at least for me I, that's, that's yeah, be sure. said for everyone but you know I, I felt like uh, the more I moved the more distant I was away from my roots mm-hmm. so going back to China and being in that lifestyle again was very very I think a good learning experience um, kind of reminds you yeah. of who you are of where you really come from. And I really enjoy spending time with Mike's and the family there. Uh, It's just a different it. I think it's really cool because I I have, you know, America, I have Japan Mm -hmm. and I have China and they are vastly different um, societies and cultures that you live in. So, yeah, uh, it's definitely impacted me uh, going back and seeing just where I came from, because uh, a, a lot of my family, like my And uncle, they live only like a couple blocks from where I was born, essentially, and where I grew up as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't really move around there, so yeah,
1: yeah. I you hear a lot of downsides with military kids and like moving and not really having a place to call home, but that's just it's so cool, like for you to have like three different places that you feel like really connected to, and you can feel almost at home, if not entirely, in those places. And it's really unique, not a lot of people have that, so yeah, really cool stuff, Max. I have a I have a game that I want to play with you. I I had a very similar game back in like episode 9 called name that mac. But this is name that max. Each word has max within the word or thing or whatever I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. It's going to it's going to say it's going to say max in there. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to give you the definition or a hint and uh, you're just going to tell me tell me what you think the tell me what you think the word is, max. Simple oh, enough. No Sounds good? I, so, if you get if you <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no please please any questions I know. so
0: is this kind of like a like an ex, an expose kind of thing where like if if i if i crash and burn and i don't get it it's gonna look super embarrassing and i'm I'm just gonna look like an idiot in front of all your fans or
1: no no no, no. i'm not trying to make anyone look like it. i just think i don't know like some something you need to do i try to spice up the podcast every right now and then jeez uh, it's... okay oh i'm sorry i'm sorry there, there's the, like one you're, or you're two the here. Yeah. there's one or two that would be pretty embarrassing if you missed but i think you're <laughs> so i should lead with that they don't know which one or two i'm talking about <laughs> Just, now you just have to get two right. There's a one, two, three, six. Okay, so, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Uh, name that max number one. This is the greatest or higher, highest amount possible or attained. Maximum. Yes, there you go. Ding. Give me, give me a ding uh, sound. That's I what I'm talking about. I one for one. one. Here you go. See, this isn't too bad. Uh, next, this is the most intense, exciting, or important point of something.
0: I feel like this could also be maximum. It, it is not maximum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did
1: not repeat. <laughs> come on.
0: I feel like you can kind of this twist be... the definition.
1: Oh <laughs> god! That, that <laughs> was it. what was, that was the the most intense, exciting, or important point of something.
0: I feel like this could still be maximum. Like uh, would that not fit into the definition? What is it? On. Climax. Ooh, I don't like that word. No, anyways, what? <laughs> anyways uh, you can go on.
1: Like of a story. I don't oh, think God. of that word a lot. Okay, whatever. It's not I, my I, fault. I, this is Americans. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know. of that word. No. It's
0: not in my. It's not in my vernacular. I don't usually say that word. But anyways, you can go ahead with number three. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: This is America's largest used car retail company.
0: Remax? No. Wait, wait that's not, for houses, not right?
1: <laughs> not quite. Yeah. Used cars.
0: Used cars.
1: Yes. They have a ton of commercials.
0: Anything. I'm sorry, Shannon. That know. would be
1: that would be CarMax.
0: I've literally never heard of that. You've never heard I, okay. I'm not even lying. I've never heard of that.
1: I'm so sorry. Okay. No shit. It's going to be rough. Those are the easy <laughs> ones. <laughs> Guys, we can't name the Maxes today. We'll, we'll come back next week. Uh, all right. This is an animated TV show. Uh, it features two bunnies. The two main characters are two bunnies. They're siblings. And they live in a town called East Bunny Hop. It started in 2002. Max and Ruby. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Ding. max and ruby ruby that's and what, max
0: i'd always get attention because that show was really popular and you know yeah i'm i'm max and the rabbit's name is max too so yeah gener- there you no, go. naturally i, lo- I love that show i loved it too it was awesome
1: that's good okay see i felt good about that one there we go uh this this next one this is this, this is a website it's america's source for high school sports that's that's their slogan it features stats rankings and leaderboards for high school athletes I feel like I know this, but I just—I feel like I've been there. I feel like I've been on this <laughs> website before, but
0: uh, I don't know the name. You're I'm probably i
1: that would—that would be Max Preps. Max Preps doesn't That's ring a bell. Of the world. I'm, I'm just out of it. I'm, just, I'm not in touch with my Max. You're, you're off your game. You're You should be better with your Max. Come on. No, this is... I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm being ashamed to the Max community right <laughs> I mean, now. Yeah, all the other Maxes watching are deeply, deeply. Yeah, they're, they're cringing right
0: now. They're like biting their fist. Like, God, this guy doesn't know what he's doing.
1: All right, this is the last one. I don't know if I should even bother. This is a <laughs> in a, con- a type of contract in the National Basketball Association, the NBA, that allows a team to re-sign a player up to five years worth thirty-five percent of their salary cap.
0: Are you making this up? <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm
1: sorry.
0: I don't know. I don't know basketball. I, I, 8% I definitely don't know. <laughs>
1: Escalation. I didn't know if you're a basketball fan. All right, is, that is a supermax, supermax, supermax. Well, I don't
0: world. even think this is basketball. This is like
1: contracts and management and stuff. It's, I, just, I, it's, just, it's a part of the league. This is. Oh, you know that wraps up. Name that max, guys. Thanks. thanks <laughs> <for> playing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> move on. Uh, Move on to the next portion of the show: the preposterous predicament. Now, Max.
0: Three seconds on the clock. I'm playing basketball.
1: now max Mm. you are a part of the glasses wearing community i knew that so this would you rather is based on that for you fantastic Uh, max would you rather have to wear two monocles one for each eye all the time or always wear prescription laboratory goggles
0: well I don't know if you've seen the laboratory goggles that have come out uh, recently, but are we talking yep. about like, are we talking about like Kubasaki High the School? Kubasaki like, chunky, in the little, like, cabinet, those.
1: plastic with like the, like the kind of rose band, there's like lint in it.
0: I think I would choose the two monocles because, two monocles. Um, yeah, those goggles, they, they really push into you, you know? And so <laughs> when new. you take them off, you have mm-hmm. those like red marks. That'd be uh-huh. weird. Um, I think the monocles are classy, And the fact that there are (laughs) two of them, um, it kind of doubles the the classiness. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the monocles.
1: Is there? I feel like there's an inconvenience factor associated with monocles, though, because if you just like look down, isn't there a chance they slide right off? Or do I not know how monocles work?
0: Actually, that's a good question. I don't know if I think you
1: really just like you gotta (laughs) use your muscles, right? You gotta use (laughs) your muscles to like really like squint up, get that. Yeah, get get a little bit of a surface. That's that's interesting because I don't know. Cartoon characters wear them so easily. <laughs> I don't know if it's really applicable. Maybe that's why you don't see a lot of people with monocles. Maybe that's it. No, we've outgrown them. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, that wraps up the <laughs> preposterous predicament. Uh, Max, That that's all I got, man. This was a fantastic episode with you. I expected nothing less. You're an absolute class act. Um, they want to find you out, like plug your Instagram or something. If anyone wants to reach out, talk to Max about Penn State or Navarro TC. I'm sure he's glad to help. Very nice guy. And, uh, you know, maybe even about Daily Collegian, his articles, I'll link to that too. We know we want to get maximum publicity out here. And once the Shannon Show gets on there, then I'll get publicity. It's just, it's a really nice yeah, cycle. It's, it's going well. quid
0: pro quo. I you scratch my back, I scratched yours. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I just
1: can't wait. I can't wait till next
0: semester when we're back and, um, you know, Shannon Show's really taken off and I'll pitch yeah. your idea. And like, you'll have, remember when we were in downtown mm-hmm. and we were looking for properties and there was mm-hmm. this one right right in front of campus it's when gonna be was, mine. with the display windows. of like, that, that yeah. could be Shannon Show headquarters. It's going to be it. A- and the yep. display, the display cases or whatever, you could like put like your merch and stuff. It can be perfect. It's ideal. Shannon, Have a studio be.
1: in there. You'll be the first guest in the new studio. If I ever get a studio, I swear that, we'll, that would we'll, be fantastic. Wherever it is, we'll fly. We'll fly out, Max. We'll get them. We'll yeah. get them there, guys. And
0: Jimmy Kimmel, better watch out, man. Like, <laughs> oh, no. watch out.
1: Late night with Shannon. Dude. It's happening. Oh my! I'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Thanks again, Max. Have a good one, everyone.